The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. There's some programming notes for Channel 12 uh, tonight, the PBS News Hour at 7 p.m., then the Washington Report at 8 p.m., Native Ball at 8.30, Reciprocity Project at 9 p.m. That's to explore the relationship between communities and nature. And then at 10 p.m., Little Bird. The Little Bird family comes together to mourn death and celebrate life. And that's from 10 to 11 and 11 p.m., Girl Unscripted. Follow along to see how two girls cope with life-changing events with no parental support. And then at midnight, of course, I'm a important company now that uh, time turned back. I did this. I know we got a caller uh, in the previous hour, and I just wanted to, to let a caller know that um, we were coming towards the end of the hour. And I didn't, you know, uh, if I brought you in, then it would have created a logistical uh, problem there. So uh, please don't feel that way. Um, because... Um, I'm not blaming you, I'm just saying that we had four guests here and I wanted to recognize them. Yeah, and I had, uh, we taken a call, um, that might have uh, created a problem there, so please don't hold it against us. Um, uh, don't forget, uh, you know, when we um, have our guests on, uh, feel free to call in uh, at any time and, and, and we, we take, uh, we got three segments uh, that take us up uh, from like right after the 20 minute mark, 2040. Well, the top of the hour, then the 20 and the 40, and we the, the, the segment lasts about 16, 17 minutes of conversation. So uh, try to call in in the early part of the segment. That way, you, know, you can ask a question or give a comment and I get some response uh, from our guests. Don't forget, uh, there's a meet and greet tomorrow at Rouge, right? At 5.30 to 7 p.m. That's in uh, Christianstead, right? Uh, and then uh, Saturday morning, uh, uh, the discussion... Uh, as it relates to international survivors of suicide last day, moves to Gertrude's on Saturday morning, and, and that'll be from 10 a.m. Uh, to 1 p.m. Uh, CVS Caribbean Volunteer Services uh, sponsoring uh, these uh, events. Uh, we got a chef on the line yet? Uh, chef ain't calling yet. Uh, hopefully, uh, huh? apparently no. We're working on uh, the logistics. The chef's supposed to be calling in uh, so we could talk a little... Uh, uh, nourish to flourish uh, today um, as we uh, head towards uh, a big consumption week. You know I mean, Thanksgiving next week. Uh, and when you think thank- when you hear Thanksgiving, you're thinking turkey. You know I mean, now you know for those who are really you know consuming turkey and all that stuff, uh, Thanksgiving is also just about you know family coming together. That's one of the benefits of. Uh, um, holidays, you know, little things like that, you know, having that conversation there with uh, the group, uh, Miss Webb and Jackie Greenwich and Miss Christian and, um, and Tariq uh, McMillan, 
you know, one of the things that we, we didn't touch on is, you know, <clears throat> we tend to take the little things for granted, you know. And sometimes, you know, time flies by and then it's when we're looking back, we realize, you know, should have done this. Or can't believe time has flew past us and I didn't, you know, look out for this and stuff like that. So we got to figure out, you know, that's why time management, you know, is so important. Uh, because included in that, you go, you go set aside some time to just talk to your loved ones, you know. When you hear um, a parent talking about, you know, them having the ability to to talk with your children, you know, it ain't always about a need situation. It's just communication. Uh, we do little things like that that uh, we tend to take uh, f- for granted, you know, and a lot of a lot of times, you know, a conversation could serve as a deterrent for uh, a behavior that uh, ultimately could be regrettable. You know, just just being there for someone and the ability to the ability to rap. You know, uh, tend to minimize how valuable that is. So. Whatever you do, you know, uh, with life not being guaranteed to anyone, you got to look at uh, that time management component a little bit more and make sure I include some time there for um, my people them to to know that you know, they could reach out to me and all that. And, and when I was looking at this story uh, uh, on the... Um, and the source related to Miss um, Laurie Christian and you know what she does with the Caribbean Volunteer Services and the We Remember uh, campaign that they launched, and I saw Miss um, <clears throat> Lisa Marie Galabier. You know we went to school together. You know she was about three or four grades ahead of us and. And, and so in this particular article, you know, Dante Galabir, her brother, uh, is who was speaking, you know, was who the source spoke with for this article, which is September 27, 2020 article. Uh, Dante was uh, the valedictorian of my class, uh, 1982, uh, St. Dunstan's. And he, he mentioned here that... Um, that there was nothing Lisa couldn't do and do well. She and our sister Cecile were great dancers. Lisa enjoyed traveling, spoke different languages. Her presentations in the Toastmasters Club were thoughtful. She visited my daughter Dominique's class uh, several times, and all the kids loved her. And he also said, Lisa assisted me when I was writing my valedictorian speech, giving it the spice it needed. You know, so little did we know that uh, that night... Uh, June 3rd, 1982, when, when Dante was the one, you know, standing up there giving that valedictorian address and that it was his big sister who had, you know, worked with him 
uh, to perfect the speech uh, to the best of their ability at that time. And uh, that one was rough, you know, because uh, uh, she was also a model. And uh, I mean, she was a natural uh, when you're talking about uh, model and the features and all that stuff. And then uh, later on, she had uh, done some work for a senator at the legislature, and uh, at one time she came out to me, and we had a committee meeting, and uh, I never forgot, uh, I was there with a couple senators, and this was like a month after the, the Diageo um, special session, and uh, I, had pre- I had prepared a... Uh, a prepared text. Typically when we had um, sessions and special special sessions that had uh, devolved into, or included a committee to whole, right? Because the, the, the topic of discussion um, um, was of high profile. So uh, the Diageo deal was very, very high profile. This is summer 2008, 15 years ago. So Raymond James, uh, from uh, Rattan Investment and Rattan Pole, and he said Neville. You know, I know, I know you enjoy these high-profile moments and all that stuff, and you like to wing it off the cuff. But uh, this particular matter uh, is so technical, right, and so data-driven that you need a prepared text, right? And the reason why I enjoy talking about this because I consider this, if not the highlight of my twelve years. Yeah, other than, you know, the day I, you know, sat in the chair and became the Senate president. Um, at the time, uh, in 2008, you know, we had a, a small minority and, uh, uh, you know, I was just a still second term legislature. So, you know, we must say never you go, you go, you go prepare a text for this one. So back then, I you know, I used to bowl, right? So we bowl on a Monday night. Special session is Tuesday morning. When bowling done, right, I head down to my office and I'm sitting in my chief of staff chair. I remember this vividly like yesterday, you know, and I'm working on this and I call him. My people spoke to Raymond, you know. Uh, I'd gotten some information from uh, uh, from George Hodge. I spoke to Lolo Willis and all that stuff because he was an IRB uh, director um, up until like, Late 2006, so we put it we, we put it together, and I had it. It was handwritten, right? Authentic, you know what I'm saying? So, so I finished about, I'd say one ish, two o'clock, one thirty, whatever, right? I got eight o'clock flight to St. Thomas that morning. Me and uh, Wang figure Russellville, and we gone over, and uh, it was a special session. Uh, Governor DeYoung had called us in a special session, so. I work on this thing, and I I incorporate all of the the realities and did the math and all that stuff because it had required some uh, some borrowing because uh, we were floating a bond and all that stuff, and I was learning as we go. Uh, that in that particular instance, uh, I learned about uh, investment banks and compound interests and all that stuff. Uh, so you know, we had done read the room. Right, and of course, the way the legislature is structured, <clears throat> then we got seven from St. Croix, seven from 
St. Thomas and their Lord Center at the time was uh, Carmen Wesselhoff. And uh, so I, it looks like we were already playing, you know, from behind. But anyway, <clears throat> what happened was um, it was one of the few instances where myself and uh, Usi Richards uh, were in agreement, right? So he was the center president at the time. So uh, the committee had a whole... <clears throat> He started the 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 committee the whole in a reverse way than that than we normally were recognized. He actually started with the majority leader and worked his way around the around the the, the um the floor. So I was the twelfth person to ask questions that day. Right? Uh, or he had done uh no he didn't no, he didn't start with the majority leader. What he did was he started with the bottom of the well. And he would go across the aisle. So I was like 11, and then Senator White was 12, and then Senator Weber, Senator Malone, and Senator Richards himself. So I got this prepared text, right? And I, and I got it inside my jacket. And, you know, so I get recognized. And I, I told her, uh, including in the prepared text, I, I said, you know, under normal circumstances, I'd ask questions and all that stuff. But in this case... You know, I'm, I'm obligated uh, to speak from a prepared text. So Senator Lewis Hill sitting next to me. We had a good relationship. You know, that, that particular matter had had uh, impacted us. But anyway, right, so I pull out the prepared text, you know, handwritten. And then the St. Dunstan start coming out, right? So yanking up a stamp, you know what I mean, when I read it and all that stuff and, and, and what have you. So it came off well, right? So and a white came to me and said, hey, you know, Neville, people calling me office, and you know, they want to know what's going on because, of, you know, this numbers thing that you put here and all that stuff. And Senator John Baptiste was teasing me because he was saying, you know, you sound good, you know what I mean, but you ain't got the votes. So I said, all right, it's okay. We end up losing the vote, all that stuff. But the reason why I, I referenced it, right, <clears throat> was about a month later, here we are in the legis outside the legislature. There was a committee meeting, and Lisa Gallabier comes to me. And she, she sees me and a couple other senators, and she said, um, Neville, that prepared text, man, you, you need to, to print it and put it in a newspaper. This is just a month after the, the deal, you know. Me and Ronnie Russell, you know, we were not on the prevailing side. I think it was me, Ronnie Russell, uh, Juan Fair Russellville, Ronnie. Russ, uh, no, not Randy Russell, um, Lucy Richards and um, Positive Nelson, right? All senators, um, you know, we lost the vote 10 to 5. So we lost the battle, which was on the floor and all that stuff. But ultimately, we won the war because when we came back, you know, the, the, even though we didn't, you know, win or our position, you know, was a losing position, on the floor and, you know, the rest is history. People appreciated the position that we took, you know, and Lisa Gallagher in particular, when she said, you know, that prepared text, man, you need to print it and put it in the newspaper. And I was like, wow. Now that, that really made me feel, you know, appreciated. And then when I heard, you know, three years later, you know, of the tragedy associated with her, you know, that one, you know, hit home. You know, uh, so when I 
pull up the story uh, this morning, pull up the article, and I saw Dante referencing uh, his sister and how he missed her and, and all that stuff. And my mind ran on that moment, you know, which may have been the last time we actually communicated. We may have saw each other in passing a couple of times uh, subsequent to that, but, uh, you know, that, you know, she appreciated, you know, not just what I did, but, you know, how you do something, you know, something, and the prepared text approach, and because, you know, when you're recognized on the floor uh, in a committee meeting, and you're just asking questions and all that stuff, and it's different from when you have a document, you know. Uh, so I made sure that uh, because of what uh, Lisa had suggested, I never really sent, I never sent it to the newspapers because they didn't really might stop. You know what I mean? But I had uh, uh, my chief of staff uh, laminated, and then I actually had asked for that was a real learning experience. I mean, that 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 experience really uh, helped me to continue to get better as a senator, you know, and I'd serve eight more years after that, you know, 12 in total. But I, I asked of the, the reporters to, to send the transcript for the whole two days of special session. I noticed when we were coming back to St. Thomas, Ronnie Russell had a briefcase of all the data. You know, he's a lawyer by training and, and you know, little things like that, you know, that I saw, you know, that, that, they're trained to do, you know. Um, and I made sure I have file and I had all my boxes, all the testimony, all the questions each senator asks, you know. So you know, I want to give um, Lisa Galabir a, a shout-out for, uh, you know, getting me to be even more focused and understanding that the things that we do, you know, have long, long-lasting uh, impression on people and, and on the territory uh, as well. So... Thank you very much, uh, Lisa Galabir, uh, posthumous, posthumously, uh, for looking out. St. Dunstan's Connection, of course, you know, your brother Dante, my classmate, valedictorian. So, enough for the reminiscing. We'll take a break, come back. Hopefully, um, I get a chef on uh, so we could talk a little bit on uh, uh, Norris to Flourish. Okay, be back right after this. of St. Croix. Bank of St. Croix offers CDs for education, homes, or vacations. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, one in Gallus Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. A penalty might be imposed for early withdrawal, new money only. Funds may not be transferred from existing Bank of St. Croix accounts to CDs. Rates subject to change at any time. Fees may reduce earnings and principal. www.bankofstcroix.com. Member FDIC. These days, people go to great lengths to shed the stress of daily life. There's acupuncture, deep tissue massage, meditation, yoga. At All Things Considered, we offer our own type of healing, invigorating news stories that span the rainbow of human experience. Nourish your mind and escape from the ordinary. Weekdays on All Things Considered from NPR News. From 5 to 8 p.m. right here on WTJX-FM 93.1.
Hi, I'm Peter Sagal. You spent the week listening to the news. Don't you think you deserve to show off what you've learned on Wait, Wait, We Give You a Chance to Impress Your Friends with Your Knowledge of International Incidents, Political Gaffes, and the Latest Advancement in German Nudists? You'll be the life of the party or the death. Either way, you'll make an impression and you can thank Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. He said that black smoke was constantly coming out of the burn pits 24-7. And my reaction to it was like, wow, that doesn't sound very safe. I wonder what that's about. And in my mind, I couldn't imagine at the time that type of system operating could potentially harm our service members. Journalism that seeks and reveals. That's On Point with me, Magna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. And we're back here uh, on uh, Analyze This. Don't forget the news feed uh, this evening uh, at 5 p.m. with Marcelino Ventura uh, Douglas. We also got uh, Come to the Territory, hosted by Leslie Comision. She's, she's like a, a researcher for me uh, during the show when I ask certain questions, in particular sports questions. And I want to give her a shout-out for Monday uh, when we were talking with Jerry Brown. We were talking golf, and I had forgotten Bubba Watson's name, and she had... You know, been there for me as well. And music too. She hooked me up with uh, sports and music when I when I forget uh, who was going. She actually had to correct me one time uh, with a, a redemption song, which I uh, I thought was on the Kaya album. When in fact it was a um, it was a, a time will tell song that uh, that I had mixed up uh, uh, and uh, redemption song there and there the. Uprising uh, album uh, for for Bob Marley, uh, and uh, so shout out to uh, those two ladies along with uh, and the cover of uh, uh, WTJX uh, Take Twelve this month. Channel Richards had a bookcase which uh, the third season which premiered uh, on Monday night. Right, so don't forget to uh, uh, look out for some look. look I want to make sure I said this correctly. Don't hesitate to reach out to Channel, channel 12, right? The public broadcasting system and uh, become a member, right? Uh, you, you got a lot of benefits, a lot of good stuff uh, that's uh, that comes with being a member um, here uh, uh, with the public broadcasting uh, system. And uh, they got uh, different levels. Uh, they got the passport level, the bronze level, the silver level, the gold level. Platinum level, and then you got uh, the club level, right? You got producers club, executive club, and chairman's club, and and all that that uh, good good stuff. Yeah. Oh, by the way, um, uh, next week, right? Uh, next week, Thursday. I remember I had this conversation uh, with the boss. Uh, great performances at the Met. Okay. Champion. That's the name of this one, right? Six-time Grammy Award-winning composer Terence Blanchard returns to the Met with an opera based on the true story of boxer Emil Griffith, who rose from obscurity, obscurity to become a world champion despite being a closeted bisexual. 
bass baritone Ray and Speedo Green stars as the young boxer with bass baritone Eric Owens as Griffin's old Griffith's older self, haunted by the ghost of his past. Soprano Latanya Moore also stars as Imelda Griffith, the boxer's estranged mother, estranged mother, and mezzo soprano Stephanie Blythe plays the gay bar owner Kathy Hagen. The production reunites the creative team from last season's great performances at the Met. Fire shut up in my bones, including conductor Yannick Nesset Seguin, director James Robinson, and choreographer Camille A. Brown, Lawrence Brownlee hosts. Right? So we had the first showing on Sunday, November the 5th. Right? I was out of the territory, then I was working my way back. As a matter of fact, I took a flight that night back. Right? And then uh, the second showing going to be a week from tonight. Okay, Thursday, November 23rd at 8 p.m. Okay, champion, great performances at the Met, and it highlights uh, the life in and out of the ring of the great uh, uh, Emile Griffith, uh, out of the rack. We actually have a ballpark that we name uh, after. Right, that's uh, uh, in downtown Chaltamali. Uh, I guess that's across from French Town. Right, diagonally across the French Town, right? Right, that's how in uh, where Savannah starts uh, and all that stuff. Speaking of which, right, <clears throat> there's something I want to talk about. And at some point, I'm going to have a conversation with the tourism commissioner and uh, the port authority, either the executive member or the board, the board chairman. Right, the executive, the CEO Carlton Dow, or the board, the board chairman Webb, and the la- I last knew the the board chair to be Willa Jan. But um, so I fly back from Los Angeles. I take a red eye because I'm connecting on uh, to an American flight onto Saint Croix. So we take like a flight leaves at like. 11 p.m. L.A. time, which is 2 a.m. Miami time, so five-hour flight. Actually, less than that because of the jet stream. So we get into to, um, Miami, 6.37-ish, and I look up on the board, and I see there's a flight from Miami to St. Croix leaving at 11.14, and then there's another flight leaving at 12.25. So I'm like, what's this all about? Um, so, because I I know that when we had the two flight system in the past, we'd have a midday flight, and then there'd be a flight that would leave at five five p.m. during this time of the year, and six p.m. when time turned forward in March, and then the flight would overnight in Saint Croix, and then we'd have a morning flight that would leave at 8 or 9 a.m. in the morning, depending on what time of the year it is, to get to Miami. So, you know your boy, right? I, I got and do the research. And I noticed that at no point going forward is there going to be a midday flight and then a, a, a late afternoon, evening flight. 
we're going to have two day flights throughout the year. So I wanted to know why is that? Because we uh, appreciate it. Having that ability to leave in the morning for Miami. And the way it's set up now, um, hold on there, trying to find the, the proof, you know what I'm saying? So I like it into me. To my uh, advantage account now, right? And I want to know what's going on. Why don't we have the flights overnighting here on the Big Island like we do to give us that option? And then because we don't know, we got a flight leaving at 3 and I believe another flight leaving at five. So at some point I go reach out to the powers that be to ask them what happened. Because we prefer to have, you know, a one-on-one. One midday, one evening, as opposed to two of them within the space of a couple hours, right? So I was speaking with um, Captain... Captain Adams, Melbourne Adams, and uh, Marvin Pickering one night, and uh, uh, some of the guys over there at uh, 2 Plus O, we hang out. And and I, I went forward, and I went down in April, right? Um, I took a one-way flight from St. Croix to Miami, right? And I, I put in a, I think we were using the 10th of every month, right? We were under the belief that you know, it would change. Right now, they're just doing that, you know, for seasonal purposes, whatever it is. But uh, it would revert back to the normal, you know, one midday, you know, one late evening, and then we got my flight. So April 10th, right, when time turned forward, your flight's out of St. Croix to Miami, right, which would normally be like, uh, a nine o'clock flight in the morning and then a five o'clock flight. Um, five, yeah. Oh, th- uh, no, three, four o'clock flight uh, in the afternoon. We're, we're now seeing, I'm waiting for the thing to load here, you know, because I, want, I don't want to, to, to not speak uh, with something that I could substantiate. That's right. Um, I put in the wrong look. I put in the wrong, um, the wrong destination. I go put in Miami, MIA. All right, April tenth, twenty twenty four. Right, we got a flight leaving at two fifty seven, and another flight leaving at five twenty two. So that's like two hours and 25 minutes apart. So why aren't the flights? Why aren't the planes? Why, why isn't that one American uh, overnighting uh, on St. Croix? Is it because they're doing work uh, at uh, the Henry Rosen Airport? Uh, is it because uh, a logistical thing? 
you know. Um, you know, is it a financial thing? Because we suffered from this back in the day. You know, a previous uh, tourism commissioner had uh, done something that, uh, you know, painted us in a certain light. And I think we need to know what was going on because early this year, Right, my godmother had passed away in New York City, and I had to head up there. Well, she was out in actually out in Long Island, and um, I took a nine o'clock flight from St. Croix, and I was at JFK by four thirty. Right, the way this thing set up now, that potential don't exist because if we leave in at two fifty seven. Right, the earliest you're gonna get into to New York City with time turn back, right? With a three hour flight to 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 um to Miami, gaining an hour, right? Let's say you leave at three. That means you're gonna get there at five PM Miami Miami time. Right? The way the clock is now. And then you catch a six o'clock flight. Let's say a one hour turn around in Miami, you're gonna get there at nine PM. That's the earliest you could get into to to the to the northeast. <clears throat> Unlike, you know, the scenario that I mentioned earlier. With that morning flight, it unlocked so many different things. Right? I don't even want to talk about how valuable the American Eagle was. Because I I've told I've mentioned that instant instance back in two thousand seven where I left here on a on a six 6 a.m. Eagle flight to San Juan. Right? We get into San Juan. I was heading to New York City again. You head into you get into San Juan at 6:35, 6:45. You catch at 8 a.m. Back then, American had direct flights from San Juan to the Northeast uh, Corridor. DC, BWI, Philly. Um, JFK, Newark, and Boston. That's how important a hub the Munoz Marine uh, Airport in Puerto Rico was for, for all of us who live in the archipelago. We could take an eagle and get to San Juan. And I got into New York City at 11 a.m. Left here at 6 in the morning. Right? Get to San Juan, 6.45 leave at 8, take a four-hour flight, and because we gain an hour in January, you leave at 8 in uh, San, Juan time, San Juan, which is 7 a.m. New York City time, a four-hour flight, three and a half, 3.45, whichever, depending on how um, the jet flow is, right, the wind flow is at, is at, at that particular time. And I did in New York City before midday. That potential don't exist anymore. And we need them on a flight. So I don't know, you know, you know what, what's the reason for that? What's going on? And it, it can be because of the airlift into St. Croix. Because every single time we're there in Miami, and I've traveled seven times this year, every time we get in Miami, there's this announcement at the gate. And we have a completely full flight. 
So make sure you check your bags. And if your bag is too big, make sure you check it here at the at the at, at, at the desk. Uh so we could, you know, get it into into the into cargo if it can't fit uh up top or underneath the seat in front of you. You know what I'm saying? So I meant to bring this up from last week. I know that I got a time, you know what I'm saying? I'm asking a question. Why don't we have that morning flight which requires for uh an American Airlines evening flight from the night before to overnight on Synchroy? And then we could take them on and flight and give us two true options, a morning option and an afternoon option. Because it stands right now, we got two afternoon options with flights leaving at, at two hours apart. And I didn't even want to get into the pricing part. Remember I mentioned that, you know, that time when I, when I left in March where I flew <laughs> wrong trip from St. Croix to, to, to JFK. Right? For three and change. Going through Miami. And if I wanted to not go to JFK, just go to Miami alone. Wrong trip. It was $931. A $600 difference. Even though I was connecting into the same airport. Right? So even when I get that, that's another discussion that I'm sure they have some, you know, warped answer to to explain for it, right? 326 wrong trip to JFK, nine and change wrong trip to Miami, even though the flight to JFK, right, connect, connecting in Miami and requires that same flight. That's what, we be, that's what we're dealing with here, man. So we got to figure out, you know, what's going on, you know. I tried this to wait for that conspiracy talk and all that stuff, but, you know, the more you look at, you know, reality, you can't ignore it. Something going on and, you know, hopefully you can fix it. And it can be. Passenger uh, volume into St. Croix. Got them flight always full. Right? No, I didn't even compare St. Croix to St. Thomas because I know it's a different dynamic. Got a lot of hotels over there. They got five Miami flights and all that stuff. So that's a whole different game. You know, what is it about the Big Island that, you know, we're subjected to? And I don't get a text message already. Somebody telling me I'm bringing up a topic that's, um, you know, not right. But it is what it is. We'll survive. Be back right after this. WTJX's Taste of Two Islands is back. Join us at Antilles Mark C. Marin Center on December 14th for the long-awaited return of the taste, a culinary feast for the season. Hosted by me, George Kulchaman Silkat. Tickets are on sale now through Thursday, December 14th. Tickets are available at Chelsea's Drugstore in Red Hook, Barefoot Buddha across from Haven Site Mall, and Bonita's Cantina in Niski Shopping Center. Tickets can also be purchased online at wtjx.org forward slash taste or call 340-774-6255. Shuttle service will be available from Haven Site Parking Lot to the MCM Center. Don't miss this opportunity to experience the magic of local cuisine as you dance to the rhythms of Spectrum Band. Sponsors for this event are VI Lottery, West Indies Company, Cardo Wine and Spirits, First Bank, Bellows International, the VI Office of Highway Safety, the VI Housing Finance Authority, and the VI Public Finance Authority. 
It's the return of the taste, Thursday, December 14th at 6 p.m. A taste you can never forget. There are many complex issues that arise in our territory. Comes with the territory with Leslie Comision. Join me, Leslie Comision, for a breakdown of political issues facing our territory, one conversation at a time. I'm here to be the voice you can rely on for information that is straightforward and comprehensive. Tune in to be a part of the discussion. It all comes with the territory. Comes with the territory airs Sundays at 1 p.m. and re-airs at 7 p.m. on WTJX-TV Channel 12. He said that black smoke was constantly coming out of the burn pits 24-7. And my reaction to it was like, wow, that doesn't sound very safe. I wonder what that's about. And in my mind, I couldn't imagine at the time that type of system operating could potentially harm our service members. Journalism that seeks and reveals. That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. The PBS NewsHour has a rich legacy of in-depth reporting and strong storytelling. Only four people have sat in that chair before us, and the enormity of this moment is not lost on me. People turn to us because they know they can hear from trusted sources of information and news. That won't change a bit, even as the faces behind the desk change. Good evening. I'm Jeff Bennett. And I'm Amna Nabaz. Weekdays at 7 p.m. on WTJX-TV, Channel 12. Here are some potentials, right? Uh, and we're talking about the fact that as recently as July, right, we had a morning option out of St. Croix to Miami, along with the typical afternoon option. And by the way, here's what I want to say, right? I'm an Advantage member. I'm loyal to American Airlines because they were the one airline when we were struggling 15, 20 years ago, right? That kept us relevant. So I, 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 want, I want to put a disclaimer out, right? <clears throat> I'm big on American Airlines. That's my airline, right? Everybody got their own, you know, perfect airline. I mean, I mean personal airline and some love Delta, some love this and that. Good. I'm American, right? And I appreciate the fact that American, you know, has always allowed for us to have a daily flight, from the Big Island to the mainland, at least one, right? And a couple of times, you know, they do the modification with uh, Charlotte and all that stuff. But, you know, uh, I, I got a text message uh, from one of my boy, one of my uh, listeners. He's a, a journalist. He said, man, are you on a hot topic? No morning flight out of here is a tourism killer. Then I got another uh, <clears throat> uh Reach out to me. I said, Neville, don't even don't forget about the medical situation, right? Where when folks got to get out of here for medical services and they're flying commercial, they're getting in late afternoon, evening. So now they ain't even getting to a facility um, at a reasonable time and might have to overnight in another facility before they go in the following morning. Whereas uh, if you get to to Miami at eleven or ten o'clock in the morning, if you leave at eight, eleven o'clock, if you leave at nine. Um, gaining an hour, or when we're on the same time, right, as the East Coast, the three-hour flight, you leave at 9, you get there at 12, you know, you could make, you, you could get access um, to your medical facility. So that medical component, can't ignore that as well, right? And then uh, another listener reached out to me and said, you know, because you know, it's all about 
nothing that it ain't something that they're gonna put in the newspaper to explain why they're doing things, right? But it comes at a cost to American, right? If they got a crew that overnights here, then they gotta stay here. They go pay hotel and all that stuff. So maybe they didn't want to do that. You know what I'm saying? So we're talking four or five people and they go, you know, overnight. So they go stay at a local hotel, they come to the cost, maybe that's part of the deal or whatever. Right? But it would be in America's best interest to lock us up. You know what I'm saying? Lock us up. Because you've you, you you've already shown over the years that you know we have value here on St. Croix. People like coming here to St. Croix. I seen it now. Right? I've been away once in March, once in May, once in June, twice in August, one in late October, come back home for a couple of days, and I went out to Cali uh, a couple of weeks ago. Right? And every time I come back, the term we that use is cock, right? The flight them cock. <laughs> Can be using local, local uh, colloquial terminology. That's another term for it. The flights are packed, right? I speak. I could speak the Yankee twang now, right? Full, right? So come on, man. You overnight, you overnight the crew and all that stuff. It costs you a couple tow. You know what I'm saying? For four or five passengers there at a hotel, blah, blah, blah. Trust me, that three to four or five thousand that you're paying for overnight, you're going to make that back full, full. Twice, three, four times. Because that morning flight out of Little Babylon to the mainland, right? Going to always be good because people could connect. And midday flights, and of course, you know, Miami is one of the, the, the main hubs for American Airlines, along with Dallas, Fort Worth, um, Charlotte, <coughs> and JFK, and LAX, right? So something going on, man, you know? And we all know the Virgin Islands, the U.S. Virgin Islands, the U.S. English-speaking Caribbean possession is very attractive. Even if for the winter season. I'll know so all of December, January, February, March. At least for those five months that I just call out from November through March. This should be the morning and afternoon option. Somebody ain't selling. And if it requires a subsidy for the people then, then look at it. We deserve that. Remember Vargas Richards when Lieutenant Governor, he, he, he tried to subsidize St. Thomas, St. Croix, Travel, and the Eagle, and he get beat up for it because it was such a brilliant idea that it looked like it would have you know, benefited him publicly, so they killed him for it. And everybody knows. The best thing that ever happened to the Virgin Islands, to the Caribbean, over the years, <clears throat> was when we had American Eagle service. You talk about connectivity. American Eagle, I mean, <laughs> the American Eagle was, was like 
food. That's the term we don't use now uh, in sports, right? That was food. All them flights flying into San Juan from the different islands. Bam, catch a big plane. You're good to go. I know I did have my soapbox this morning, right? But I ain't getting off of it. Because there's way too much potential for the Virgin Islands. And we're missing out. And we can't keep along. We, if we need to talk to the upper, upper management to let them know, hey, look, the flights are packed. If, in fact, the argument is they didn't want to pay the overnight cost to Port Authority and, and the hotel cost for crew and all that stuff, we need to let them know, yo, right? This, this is street jargon. Yo, these flights are always packed. The entire Virgin Islands, St. Grace, St. Thomas, people coming here left and right. Heaven literally exists on earth. Let them overnight here because you're going to make that back with that morning get out. Seriously. One of my other listeners was telling me about Panam, right? And I commented another listener. Good morning, Miss Anderson. Good looking out. But Terry T, tell me about Panam, right? And yo, Miss Panam too, you know what I mean? <laughs> because Panam had a flight. I try to remember how it all worked now, right? Where for provision purposes, Remember back then, right? They were doing work on the Cyrilli King Airport, right? And uh, because the strip wasn't long enough, they couldn't put the amount of fuel necessary on the on the jets, right? Because my man, I got clear that you go clear that big hill in Saint Thomas, right? And the the flights, majority of the flights uh, in Saint Croix, in the Virgin Islands, right? They take off to the east, right? They come put all that fuel on them big plane can go clear that hill that were right there. So that, that's why one of the main reasons why they extended the runway uh, in, in St. Thomas at the Sierra Lee King Airport. So that's why there were instances where um, St. Croix was attractive. It, was also, it also worked for Delta, right? Delta would have a late night flight from St. Thomas to St. Croix. Because senators used to catch that at the time I was working for uh, Senator, uh, the Senate President, Senator Vargas Richards, what I mentioned before. So you catch the 8.30 or 8 o'clock flight from St. Croix, from St. Thomas to St. Croix. The flight would overnight on St. Croix, right? Then it would leave in the morning, go back to St. Thomas, and then go on to Atlanta, right? And then come back from Atlanta. This is Delta now, from Atlanta to, to St. Thomas. And then come back to St. Croix overnight, and then the whole process starts over again. For Panama, it was something similar to that. You know what I'm saying? Of course, Panama went out of business in the 90s. Right? That, that, that unfortunate incident that had happened, you know, in, in Scotland, right? Uh, the Terrorism Act, right? But um, <clears throat> I'm telling you, man. And I know it's easy to sit on the outside. I'm sure the Tourism Commissioner, if he's listening or whatever, and the CEO and the management for Port Authority is saying he never let it talk. And I'm, I'm just giving history and talking about, you know, what's happening on the ground, you know, and what I'm seeing, you know, when we're traveling. I'm not, I'm not, I, don't, I, know I, I know I don't travel as much as the big wigs. But all I'm asking for is the options that were available to us here on St. Croix with our flagship 
airline. Because you know we got the other airlines as well, right? I think Spirit and what have you, right? <clears throat> but American has been the mainstay. Nobody can't deny that. Right? American kept us relevant, you know, when we were struggling. That man and flight were, were critical, man. And if we could get one of these commuter airlines, you know, to, to play that that role, I know the Seaborn trying their best, but you know, they're just not the eagle. You know, if we if we could get the eagle to, to reconsider doing some regional, you know, flights here, get some of them uh, Republic Airways flight uh, planes, right? Those commuter jets, the ones that fly like uh, they do LaGuardia to, to Indiana, um, Miami to to Nashville, Miami to South to um, South Carolina to Charleston. Those smaller jets, get about four or five of them here. Look, look over that, look over that situation now. again. I'm telling you, that would open up and unlock a lot of things. You know, I'm just saying. You know, I, I'm someone who, you know, pays attention to stuff like that. You know, these are the things that that, that we need. You know. So let me read a couple of text messages here. Right, I got a couple. Hi, uh, great and important top topic. I think it is crazy. It may have. <laughs> <laughs> vent <laughs> to use someone back uh, of the disadvantage situation St. Croix experiences when it comes to air travel. I'm telling you, man. Seriously. You know, and it causes me to vent. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I just ask a logical question. You know, another another uh, text message. Um, and to go to the Caribbean, you must go through Miami and have to overnight. Oh, that's the next thing. You know, one of the things the Eagle provided for us, right? Like when I would go to Antigua, uh, if I had to connect, I mean, when, when I was small, I had direct flights to Antigua from St. Croix. But even if I had to connect, I, I wouldn't mind going to Puerto Rico to connect to St. John's. Whenever you want to go to Antigua and you, 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 you fly in an American, you go to Miami, you know. If you want to go to Barbados, you go to Miami, you go head north and then pass back St. Croix to head down island. That's, that's the craziness we're dealing with, man. That ain't right. Right? Something fundamentally is wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so here we go. Uh, one of my listeners out to the rock. I was at the Chico's conference. That's the Caribbean Hotel Investment Conference and Operations Summit. That was this last weekend. For the past three days at the reopening of the new Western Frenchman's Bay Resort. And we were ranked number eight out of the whole Caribbean as one of the top destinations to visit. Bahamas beat us because of their proximity to the U.S. and because it's a quick flight and they have a lot of U.S. connections. Dominican Republic came in at number one and they have the DR very attractive to U.S. and European travelers. So we did amazing, but we still have a lot of work to do. Sugar Bay is scheduled to open 2025, which will add another 400 plus rooms. Let's go, Commissioner. Good morning. Okay, that's why I'm talking about. You know, see, that's why you know, you know, I went the soapbox route this morning, and and I responded in kind as always. You know, I mean, that, this, these are the things that we're looking at because all we want, you know, is for a better Virgin Islands and a more appreciated uh, Virgin Islands. We, you know, in order to be appreciated, we got work to do internally, so that um, the external love, you know, that we deserve, uh, 
can actually uh, be realized. You check, but I'm telling you, <clears throat> morning options uh, are critical. Uh, of course, you know you could you, you could play the game uh, if you got to get out. Um, I guess one of the things you could do is if you have family in St. Thomas, it comes at a cost though, because to get from St. Croix to St. Thomas costs money. Uh, you fly over to St. Thomas, and then you catch a morning flight uh, from St. Thomas uh, to the mainland, or at least an early midday flight. You know what I'm saying early afternoon flight because three and five o'clock respectively. You know, that's a whole different ball game from being able to leave at eight nine o'clock in the morning. Them six seven hours, time is money. And that's just the, the reality uh, that we're dealing with. I want to thank, um, of course, the audience you know, for supporting me uh, during this soapbox hour. And then uh, I want to thank uh, the folks who have the International Survivors of Suicide Last Day coming up on Saturday. It's always the Saturday before Thanksgiving, so this year it falls on November 18th. Um, Tariq McMillan from Greater uh, Changes, Miss um, Laurie Christian, Right from Caribbean Volunteer Services, Ms. Jacqueline Greenwich uh, from the uh, Emergency Management and uh, Services, and uh, Ms. Leslie Webb from Virgin Islands Police Department Victim Advocate for joining me in hour number one, and then of course in hour number two. I want to thank you because you made that uh, discussion real this morning as we talked about uh, tourism and the Lisa Galabir uh, reminiscing there from back in 2008 with yours truly. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. WTJX's Taste of Two Islands is back. Join us at Antilles Mark C. Marin Center on December 14th for the long-awaited return of the taste, a culinary feast for the season. Hosted by me, George Colchaman Silcat. Tickets are on sale now through Thursday, December 14th. Tickets are available at Chelsea's Drugstore in Red Hook, Barefoot Buddha across from Haven Site Mall, and Bonita's Cantina in Niski Shopping Center. Tickets can also be purchased online at wtjx.org forward slash taste or call 340-774-6255. Shuttle service will be available from Haven Site Parking Lot to the MCM Center. Don't miss this opportunity to experience the magic of local cuisine as you dance to the rhythms of Spectrum Band. Sponsors for this event are VI Lottery, West Indies Company, Cardo Wine and Spirits, First Bank, Bellows International, the VI Office of Highway Safety, the VI Housing Finance Authority, and the VI Public Finance Authority. It's the return of the taste, Thursday, December 14th at 6 p.m. A taste you can never forget.